lead with compassion and with values, strong values, because people will align to that and that's the thing that will help them to feel fulfilled, to have a sense of well-being, to have um, to fulfil their professional aspirations, but also to sustain their their personal uh, health and wellness, which is critically important. If you want longevity of your team uh, to bring them with you, then they need to be fully sustained uh, to be professionally and personally fulfilled. And you do that through good, strong direction, good supportive actions, clear guidelines, but led with values and respect. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, we have an extraordinary woman, someone who inspires and absolutely leads the way when it comes to not only business, but also embracing the power of blending our family life with our business life. Ros White is an award-winning business leader with 30 years experience. She's a charity volunteer and a leading advocate for various industry groups. Ros is the co-owner of White's IGA Group and White's Commercial Property Group, employing 500 people on the Sunshine Coast. She has held leadership positions, including board chair, and is a mentor and regular speaker at trade and industry events. Roz is a current member of the University of the Sunshine Coast Foundation Board and USC Business School External Academic Advisory Committee. She's the current chair of the Sunshine Coast 2032 and also a proud ambassador of the Food and Agribusiness Network's Meet the Maker trade event. She's an active member of various industry working groups, a past board director of Montrose Therapy and Respite Services. She's a past advisory member of the Queensland Community Foundation on the Sunshine Coast and a past chair of the IGA State Board, Queensland, Northern New South Wales. She's also an immediate past president of the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network. I think what you're going to love about today is that whilst I could have definitely stayed in the realm of all her business accolades, including winning the Sunshine Coast Business Women's Network Outstanding Businesswoman of the Year in 2015, and also the Owner Entrepreneur Leader in the Year 2016 by the Australian Institute of Management, You'll see that even though also she was inducted into the IGA Hall of Fame in 2017 as the first independent female and prestigious honour and significant milestone for women in the supermarket industry, she is a remarkable human being. And I think you're going to love our conversation and where it goes using business as a metaphor for life. Um, It may be a little bit shaky at the beginning due to some sort of internet disruption, but her words were so beautiful and profound, I could not stop the interviews. So if it's a little bit shaky at the beginning, do not worry, you will come out the other side with a whole lot of beautiful gold nuggets that really do just effortlessly flow off the lips of this audacious leader. I cannot wait for you to hear this. I look forward to hearing your feedback where you can place that on my Instagram page, Morrison 28. You can also go to my uh, Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training. 
And thank you so much for downloading this podcast through the Wellness Couch and thanking 28 Essentials for sponsoring this show each and every week. I know you're going to love to hear Rosie's story. She is a beautiful woman and someone who I love and admire wholeheartedly. Thank you again. Take care, be kind, and thanks also for being on this incredible ride. One of my most favorite things is interviewing who I perceive as highly successful, inspirational, incredible women who, no matter what, seem to be able to rise up, out, over, and beyond whatever hardship or challenge they're faced with. And this beautiful guest on the show this week is an incredible woman who is not only an extraordinary businesswoman, but she's also a beautiful soul inside and out. I would love to welcome to the self-love podcast, the beautiful, the amazing, the gorgeous Ros White. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Goodness me. That's beautiful introduction, Kim. Thank you so much. And uh, it's a privilege to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I know that the listener is going to get a lot from you out of today, and you're not even going to have to try hard because you are somebody who walks her talk. You are somebody who really does continuously seem to just rise up above, but also one of the most beautiful, most compelling, attractive traits in you is your desire and just beauty in giving back. So before we get into all of the incredible things that you do, I wonder if there's any chance you could just give us a brief background for someone who's never heard of Ros White. How would you describe who you are and how you've come to being here today? <laughs> how I describe myself may not be sound very appealing, but um, I, you know, I often think of myself, and I still do. I grew up <clears throat> in the country, and I just think of myself as a scratchy old kid from the bush. Um, and I don't think uh, I'll ever change, you know, but I think that's the very thing that just, just that's the essence of who I am. And um, so I've had an extraordinary life, uh, you know, growing up in the, in the country, but then coming to the beautiful Sunshine Coast and being able to create a future here with my husband, Michael, and our two children, Harrison and Sophie. And uh, what started out, I suppose, is just a first step in, in, a, in a business in a very, very, very small way. Um, you know, over the last 30 years, which it is this year, we've been able to create a, uh, a, um, a group of IGA supermarkets on the Sunshine Coast and um, with the wonderful support of the beautiful Sunshine Coast community around us. And here we are. We're baggy ass grocers now. <laughs> I remember hearing you once at one of our uh, Sunshine Coast Businesswoman events, you talking about the fact that uh, at one point you topping up shelves in the middle of the night, honestly never saw yourself doing it. And yet now these 30 years have shown you that's one of the greatest things that you seem to enjoy. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you changed and shifted your perspective from it being a have to to a want to do? Yeah, so that happened probably about 10 or 12 years into the journey. And I guess after that period of time, we'd sort of, we had a couple of shops by then and we had probably about 80 staff maybe and um, maybe not 60, maybe somewhere around there. And uh, and I was sort of at a point where I kind of went, hmm, well, looks like this might be what we're going to do for a little bit longer. So instead of... Um, Looking at the day-to-day -day and the tasks, it was sort of, you know, just hard work really, to be honest, and learning a new industry and then creating uh, the journey as we went along, the strategy and, and learning how to be a businesswoman and rearing children. And, you know, it was, um, it was sort of about 
basically taking my mindset from looking at what I was doing to what I was a part of, I suppose, that that mindset shift of suddenly looking up and looking out and realising the enormity of the industry we're involved in and the amazing people that were within the industry, the more people I met, the more I immersed myself in the industry, the more I read, um, it just things made more sense and there grew the beginnings of an enormous passion uh, that went from not enjoying what I was doing to probably as I have been described by industry colleagues, one of the most passionate retailers in the country. Um, and it just continues to bubble uh, out of me. And it's my, it was like I, I was bitten by a retail bug. Um, but, yeah, so I have a quote that says, who knew you could learn to love stacking baked beans? <laughs> it wasn't, it's not about the beans, you know, it's it, it's it's about the people and uh, it's about our community. Let's and, talk about that. I just want to talk to you. The, word, the minute you mention the word community, I think there is no one better that epitomises what it means to serve and to honour one's community. You moved from the rural country areas and then you came to the Sunshine Coast. One of the biggest things I've noticed here on the coast, dear Rosie, is it's very transient. There's a lot of people that were never born and bred here. Yet what mm. seems to occur, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, we move here and community becomes our family. How would you describe the Sunshine Coast community? Oh, the, the Sunshine Coast community is all-embracing. Um they love getting behind locals, the locals. They love, you know, we're parochial in a very good way. Um, they are open to just, you know, I think we're a very grounded bunch and it's all about the grassroots. The people here love being here. We love living here. I think a lot of the community spirit comes from a sense of gratitude. And the reason that we want to and we feel compelled but also very inspired to want to give back is because we feel blessed and grateful that we live here. And not only for its natural beauty but for the people themselves. And it's just, um, yeah, for me that's what community is. It's just about a sense of gratitude and just you know, I we I without people, I, I you achieve nothing in my mind. So, you know, you could have the most innovative idea and most you know well thought through, considered st- strategies, plans, um, the best, most wonderful business in the world. But if you don't have people, nothing happens. If you don't have a community, nothing happens. If you don't have any customers, nothing happens. So uh, for me, the support that we've received, myself personally, uh, but also through the businesses and the people that are part of, that choose to be a part of our White's IGA family, our team, it's uh, it's about just saying thank you, acknowledging um, and showing respect. And um, that's just how I feel. That's the yeah. way I think it is. 
Well, it comes out in everything you do in all the ways that you show up. And I just want to, there's a couple of things that happen in business. We know this. There is the great, the success, the wonderful stories, the new openings, the new stores you may acquire, and all of those beautiful, wonderful, uplifting challenges. But we also know that business is not always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) And Mm. so I'm really curious to know for you, has there been a time over these 30 years where you have felt up against the wall, wondering how the hell you're going to get up, maybe wondering how you're going to pay your staff, or has there been any hardship that you could share with us? And then perhaps if there has been, what you did about it to get through those times? Mm. Well, uh, of course, most certainly, professionally and personally, there have been uh, many hardships, many pivotal moments where it was do or die. Um, You know, if, and then obviously many personal heartbreaks that have happened over the years as well. But, um, you know, I'm not alone. (laughs) There's so many other, you know, probably suffered far worse, so I'm mindful of that. But sorry, our story, uh, from a professional point of view, as we've gone through our growth over the years, um, we've struck some very, very difficult times, even right in the very beginning. You know, we uh, were, sort of came from fairly humble backgrounds, hardworking family, um, and were working both, Michael and I worked in the bank, and have a lot of money, but we had enough just to switch up to first store and the uh, vendors were very kind enough to give us 12 months of vendor finance to pay off the stock because we didn't have enough money to start with and I stayed working full-time and uh, and sort of until we got to a point where I could manage to join the business and um, without having to have that secondary income which was helping to pay the wage. Um, so many times over the over the years, we've, we've also got to that point where part of our growth was actually just, you know, putting everything on the line again to go to the next phase. Um, and, you know, there was a moment in particular when we uh, we invested in the Bly Bly store, the new Bly Bly store, which is one of our stores. And part of that was a redevelopment of a centre, which became a critical part of the journey. And, um and it was it was almost like you put everything you know everything that you've ever owned and worked hard for over your life, you sort of put it on that on 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 a roulette wheel. And basically, if you didn't invest, you'd probably not be there anyway. So in some ways, there was nothing to lose. And it, you know they're they're the major gambles. But we've also had some massive uh, financial uh, uh, you know knockbacks, I suppose. And, you know, we had one moment where we bought a store and it was going quite well and then we had a major competitor came in and took us out at the knees and, you know, you sort of, those times at the times when you sort of just, uh, you know, take a good hard look at yourself and this is where your character comes through, you know, what level of resilience and determination and tenacity you have to keep going. And, you know, you get up, you dust yourself off and and you keep going. Um and it's about, I think the thing that motivates me and inspires me more than anything is the people that you have around you, you're responsible for. They they rely on you, you know, to feed their family, to support their family. And, and so it's, you know, as 
much about them and their lives as it is your own. So there's no choice. You just get up and keep going. That's pretty powerful in itself because most people feel like with no choice means to give up, to give in. And it's understandable, right, when challenges are really in your face and you're questioning what you're doing and why and all of these things. But you sound like your no choice is to just get up and get on. Would that be fair to say? Uh, Yeah, look, very much so. And I think that um, stems from my childhood. Um, You know, I was brought up one of eight children, youngest of eight children. And there were many times when, you know, I spent a lot of time with my my dad mustering cattle and on the farm and in the cattle yards. And uh, and my dad was pretty tough, uh, pretty tough old grazier, I guess, but very strong character, I must say, and quite a refined man, even, even if he was, you know, that sort of tough, hardworking man of the land. But um, there were many Qualities, qualities that he instilled in me because of that. And, you know, if you've ever been in cattle yards working, you know, there's not, there's not too many negotiables. Um, and I guess if there's one way to learn resilience and tenacity and determination, it's to, um, it's to sort of spend some time in, in, in that environment. And, uh, and I'm, you know, they're the things, the qualities that my dad taught me at a very young age. And I think they've just stayed with me and that sustained me through life and my journey to, you know, not dwell on what's going on or the challenge, but to get up, dust yourself off and find a solution to make it better. I think it's an incredible quality and many people here, for me from New Zealand, to see Australia, it really is the land of extremes in many ways. I've seen fires, floods, I've seen occurrences where people have been wiped out, wiped out, and it's just, it's incredible when you see the communities of people come together to support those in hardship come out and through those times. You have mentioned not only have you learnt this from your dad, but as a family, especially a family of eight, uh, there have been some real personal challenges for you as well. If you are willing to share one or two of those, and what has been your guiding light through those personal hardships? Is it still determination, tenacity and resilience, or are there other qualities for Rosie White too? Oh, dear, I guess we're touching on some things get me a bit emotional now I'm not not with um this side of me which is you know the personal loss break um losing two siblings and they were fairly uh you know they're still in their prime of life you know quite unexpected uh you know sudden death is a is an awful shock and um and breath away it, it's well it's more than that it's <laughs> I know it's a fairly simplistic way of explaining it, but I can only say it's like hitting a baseball bat and just almost, you know, just hitting you in the head with a or a big piece of wood or something. You know, it's it's that shocking a sudden death where it's unexpected and um, and it just rocks you to the core and and changes you and your perspective. It changes you as a human being. Um. You know the deep loss. Having being the youngest of eight children, you know you look up at your older siblings as heroes, and I still do. And when my sister died, uh, you know she was like my 
She was the eldest of the family. She was, she was everything. She was my best friend. She was my, like, almost the matriarch in some ways, not to take over from my darling mother, who's a wonderful, incredible woman. Um, she was my guru, my star guru. Uh, you know, she taught me so much, you know, and just, yeah, how did I get through that? Goodness. Uh, probably not in the best way. Um my avenue was to just bury myself in work and switching off emotionally is not a good tactic, but you do what you need to do to survive your heartbreak. And um, I still, I'm still not the same person I was before, you know, before the loss of my sister and my brother, my parents have both passed as well. And it changes you, grief changes you and sets you on a journey that um, you, it's your own personal journey and it's a journey of self-discovery, discovering the new you, the, the feelings that are just so raw and, you know, um, people want to reach out because they see you and they care and they don't know what to say, but you don't even know how to react. And, you know, you can stop being the person you were before. You do, You almost can't become a new person, a different person. And it's a whole, yeah, it continues on. It doesn't, you never revert, I don't think, back to the person you were before when you've had that deep personal heartbreak. I couldn't agree more. And there's something about being a business person with life and for many of us, and I'm not sure if you feel the same, but business really is a metaphor for life. The things and the hardship you've mentioned in business also relates very much to the hardship and challenges in life, but it still comes back to the people. And I think with every hardship we go through, we grow through them as best we can with the resources we have. But there is nothing like just the element of simplicity of love love of self, love of others, and actually making sure it's just putting one foot in front of the other. And so I would imagine that whilst there is hardship in things like losing siblings, I can't, I can't even articulate it myself, um, how hard that is, but also losing aspects of business. But we also know that there's things that change us in different ways. And I just love to just because you mentioned it at the very beginning, when we become a mother, um, there's something also that changes in us. And perhaps there's even metaphors in that now as you lead a team of incredible people at the head of your beautiful business. Would you say then the time that you became a mother both times also completely changed you? And talk to us a little bit about how you incorporated motherhood into the business world as well. Mm. Well, it certainly did change me and for the better. Uh, the two loves of my life, well, three, my husband and my my son Harrison, well, our son Harrison and daughter Sophie, uh, they're young adults and they're getting on with their own lives now and independently and very, very proud of them and they're absolutely wonderful human beings. And um, But certainly becoming a mother, my goodness me, isn't that a, 
<laughs> change in your life. And uh, I found it quite, uh, yeah, it was it was a big cha- big lifestyle change. You know, Michael and I, we played hard and worked hard, and uh, and then little Harry came along and <laughs> certainly changed things. Uh, but honestly, the joy they bring to your heart and your life is just immeasurable. But certainly, um, learning to be a mother and learning to rear children and parents. Setting boundaries, um, you know, kids, I think, particularly just in my own personal circumstances, you know, just experience, you know, being a mum and setting boundaries, kids respond to boundaries and um, routine and, you know, I think consistent daily practice, uh, they're all very much very similar, the same methodologies we would apply in a workplace. and. You know, with people, and I'll, I'll often refer to our team as well. Well, we do. We call it our family, our white side GA family, and and it's yeah, we approach it in the same way. You know, there's empathy and compassion and consideration and kindness and respect. There's um, the um, setting boundaries and expectations so people understand, uh, and then if they step outside the boundaries, then we talk about that and how things might improve or what changes need to be made or what we need to do to help or fix or support. And, uh, and yeah, it's very similar approach. Um, so, yeah, being a mother and a mother of two, my beautiful children biologically, and then being a mother of almost 500, uh, <laughs> It's, they're similar. It's similar in many ways, funnily enough. Sure is. And I think you're one of the most extraordinary humans that I'm sure everybody of those, every one of those 500 plus the two, plus Michael, Mm -hmm. (laughs) look to you for leadership and guidance. And sometimes I think women carry not only the physicality of having to do the practical day-to-day things, but we also carry the emotional um, nourishing, nurturing side of what it is for the feminine spirit. And so I want to ask you then from a leadership point of view, whether it's family or business, what do you think are the key qualities of really good, compelling and strong leadership? Being very clear, um, you know, I you have I think it's important to have a belief system that others can believe in also and follow. Um, you know, you need to be very clear and focused on the direction. Provide insight uh, and communicate where you're going so others understand and, and, and are compelled and want to come on the journey. And uh, it's... It's really, um, I think the other really important thing is that treat people with respect. Be aligned with your values. You know, as a leader, it's important to have focus, direction, be strategic, have a clear plan ahead, share that with your team so they understand. They are they understand the, the expectations. Uh, they're supported. But lead with compassion and with values, strong values, because people will align to that. 
And that's the thing that will help them to feel fulfilled, to have a sense of well-being, to have um, to fulfill their professional aspirations, but also to sustain their their personal uh, health and wellness, which is critically important. If you want longevity of your team uh, to bring them with you, then they need to be fully sustained uh, to be professionally and personally fulfilled. And you do that through good, strong direction, good supportive actions, clear guidelines, but led with values and respect. Um, Such beautiful messages there, especially in a world where we've seen so much um, disparity, so much, so many people, you know, being exonerated or separated through choices or values being judged or whatever it was. And these last few years in particular have really seen the best and possibly the worst in people. And I think what's so beautiful around the work that you've offered is no matter what's going on around the world, it seems to me in witnessing you is that those values of family and connection and still providing those clear guidelines has what supported you and your team through that. What have been your biggest observations of humanity over the last three or four years? Have you noticed anything in particular or has anything really pushed you to being a better person, a better leader? Certainly, uh, been there's been a definite shift in people's behaviour all over the world. Uh, there's been a shift in, um, you know, through what we've been through, what we've all been through, what we've all shared right across the entire globe. Uh, there's been, you know, a sense of people wanting to be more connected to, you know, um, also feeling very uncertain and very disrupted and that causes a level of frustration uh, which then can, you know, sort of precipitate sometimes behaviours which aren't admirable but it's just people adjusting to what's happening around them in their immediate, you know, need and, and, um, and uncertainty. But from that has has come a sense, a real vulnerability and fragility, um, I believe, because people's lives have moved and shifted. So we're all trying to adapt and understand what where we are now because where we are now is not where we were three years ago and it will never be what it was three years ago. This is not a continuation of before but a whole new reality. So... We're adapting. We're all adapting, and I, it, it's it's a. I believe it's a it's a part in humanity that is a, a sense of evolution where people's needs are different. People have shifted. Workforces have shifted. So, as a a person leading a team, a large team, it's very important for me to understand what that shift is because my I have to adapt my workplace to support the new needs, the emerging needs, and we've done a lot of assessment with that, cultural assessment with that, and we have identified there is a vulnerability and fragility and it's just because of the uncertainty through the last couple of years and, you know, um, our team have taken the brunt of that on the front line 
keeping people fed and our community safe. And, of course, naturally that has an impact. And so now my job is to lead my team through that, provide them with supportive measures to maintain their health and wellness. I have a responsibility to do that, um, to, to give them the best chance to, to keep their own health uh, in, in check, but also to be there to help continue to support our community. And, uh, but it has it's changed the world. And I guess as people, we need to make sure that that continues to have a positive impact. And, uh, and, you know, whatever has happened, it's about looking forward and, and, you know, learning the new experiences and embracing them. So that's the evolution of, of humanity. That's so true. And it doesn't matter whether it's a thing that we all experience globally or whether it's a massive flood or fire or earthquake or volcano, these moments don't necessarily have to define us, but they certainly can refine us and allow us to see strengths maybe we never had before. And I just want to acknowledge you publicly for your leadership through this time. Um, I've still seen that smile on that gorgeous face of yours throughout the last few years and perhaps also being such an award-winning and business leader with huge amount of experience. You probably didn't realize how many people turned and followed and witnessed you in order to think, well, if she can do it, we can do it too. And I'd say through all of the years of you being in business, that has been one of the most incredible qualities of you. And I just would love for you to now just share some of those leadership wins, the Outstanding Business Women of the Year in 2015. I know that you're not driven by awards, but do those awards actually say to you, Rosie, just how amazing you are? How do you receive the accolade and the admiration? What's that like for you? Well, of course, it's very overwhelming. Um, and I still I still shake my head. I still can't believe it. It's such a privilege and an honour, and uh, and I'm I, I'm always just absolutely gobsmacked and amazed. Like it's, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I gratefully receive it. Absolutely uh, graciously receive. It's a very very nice uh, accolade to um, be acknowledged in that way. Um, and, you know, my natural sort of um, way is to just sort of immediately think of the people that are around me that support me uh, and always feel, you know, it's never one person standing alone, is it? It's always, you know, I have the most amazing husband. He's incredibly supportive, but he's very, very strong in his own character and his own individual talents. And... um and I admire and respect that. I respect him. And, you know, he's so supportive. My children, you know, incredible young people um, and all of the people around me, my friends, the people who encourage me and the people that are part of our journey that is what is, I guess, acknowledged. And, yeah, so I guess my view on it is it's it's accepted with, uh, gracious gratitude uh, on behalf of all of the people that uh, helped to make it a reality, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. 
such a humble, beautiful place and space that you come from. Um, and I imagine through all of these times, especially over the last 30 years, motherhood, business, growth, challenge, all of those things, one of the most important things a leader can do, whether it's a mom or a business owner or business leader, is to take care of themselves. How do you look after you, particularly when you're exhausted or up late or up early? How? What are some of the key things that you could give our listener that you've embraced to make sure you're at your best? Oh, well, I may not be the most inspiring in this regard. <sighs> Keeping yourself in good health is obviously very important, getting a lot of sleep, trying to have a balanced, um, what they say, um, workplace blend. The things, uh, I haven't been very good at this, to be honest, uh, over the years, but I am starting to learn how to be better. And my place, my happy place is the beach. Um, and if I can get to the beach and have a beach swim, an ocean swim, as in even just, you know, a dip, is always a, a, just seems to just make my day. I feel that my skin tingles for the rest of the day if I can get out and have a swim in the morning. Um, I, I read a recent quote, sand in my shower means I've had a great day. And, and it's true. If you go for an early morning swim, and I'm lucky I live near the beach, come home, take your toggies off in the, in the shower, and then you've got a big thing, a big um, sand pile in the bottom of your shower. It's like, yep, I'm feeling good. Um, trying to be more organised, you know, the more organised you are at the start of the week, it sets you up for, you know, a better week. And they're just simple things, you know, writing lists and <laughs> trying to get some good sleep and good food and good friendship and filling your heart space with love and the things that make you feel happy, I suppose. Well, you seem to carry it off as someone who pretends she doesn't, but I'll let you off the hook for that uh -huh. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it is a challenge, isn't it, to constantly be that person to take care because probably someone with your heart is also very much about external consideration and honouring the people around you. And so, therefore, if there was, I guess, a pathway of self-love, those moments in the beach, those moments where you see the sand in the shower and just even your smile, what would be your definition of self-love? Well, it's kind of hard to put your finger on that, isn't it? Um, I really, really, the, the time I feel the most fulfilled in my entire life is when I'm at home with my family around me, mostly feeding them because, you know, <laughs> we're all really good at that. Um, but it's also about self-discovery, I suppose, and a little bit of what I was talking about before, the continually, uh, the continuous learning um, of yourself and continuous self development, um, continuous ability to adapt to new environments, um, and acknowledging that, I suppose, recognizing that and understanding that it's pretty important um, to learn and grow as a person. Every, you know. Every single day, I love learning. Um, you know, when I went to university, it was like this entire world opened up to me, like this, in, this, like this information bubble that I never knew existed. 
and, you know, you're reading more and you're thinking critically and, you you know, it's just, it's a whole incredible world. And um, so, I, I, you know, it's it's sort of helps you develop as a person and you, as you broaden your understanding of things and your perspective grows and uh, you gain insights. And when you're informed, it's it's a... It's incredibly important to to be well informed to make good decisions in life and in business. So I I, I really I continue to explore, um, to learn and grow, and I never want to stop. And I've still got things that I want to do. I'll have to live for another hundred years because, you know, there's so many things that I still want to do uh, beyond what I do now. So and yeah, it's self discovery, I guess. Yeah, constantly learning and evolving and pivoting, I guess, with each of those challenges. But also what I think I hear you saying so loud and clear is that real gracious gratitude for when things are great. And I just want to, you know, share that with you because I can see that whilst we may see socially and publicly that you're successful on many levels, I just know whenever I walk into a room or whenever I see you speak behind all of those beautiful words of advice is someone who's constantly got up and continued and given it her all. Would it be fair to say then, whilst you have an incredible positive outlook on life, are there any fears that the beautiful Ros White has? Is there anything that concerns or worries her? And if so, what would they be? And how do you get through those fears? Oh, there's a lot of things that worry me. I worry myself senseless over, you know, <laughs> the health and wellness of my my children and my family and my husband. And, um, you know, that's just a natural thing, isn't it? You know, it's, um, uh, yeah, you know, you, you do worry about what's ahead in life and you do worry about things that pop up. There are, there are many challenges that arise every single day and, you know, but I just don't seem to, I try not to dwell on them. No, I try to move past it. You know, as a mother, when your children are home at 2 o'clock in the morning and you can't get them on the phone, you're sitting up, you can't sleep, you're on the verge of vomiting because you're so worried. Um, And, you know, that's, that's a natural reaction as a mother. I'm no different to anyone else. I worry about all of those things. Um, I guess how I overcome my challenges with, so things in my personal life, things like that, my family, yes, I get very deeply, you know, concerned, um, you know, that things are going to be okay, particularly when you've had hurt in the past. You worry about that feeling, that hurt again in the future. And um, But from a business perspective, um, when those challenges arise, it's about just going into solution mode and at the end of the day, if you have nothing, if you have your family, you have everything. So, um, you know, we can all survive with just basic things around us, love and shelter, food, water. Um, and we, people find happiness in that alone. So it's just not being afraid of whatever life throws us at us and take it on the chin and it is what it is, I guess. So profound because even acknowledging it is what it is, 
can give us that pause, that breath, that moment to just acknowledge sometimes life truly does suck and sometimes life truly is magical. Mm. I think that if, if you could look now, I know we're both in our 50s, if you could look back now at your 18 or 20-year-old self, is there anything you'd say to her to inspire her to do it? I don't know if the word is better or more, even more graciously, or is there anything you'd love for your 18-year-old self or maybe even your beautiful daughter and son? What is your piece of advice to the younger generation or the younger you? Mm. Well, at 18, I was so naive. I had everything to learn. Um, so I was just like a little, I was just like a just little sponge that was just absorbing life and there was so much to you know when I moved from the country to the to town or to you know to um the city or you know uh, an urban lifestyle uh it was just I didn't know what I didn't know there's a high level of naivety there so um for my children my goodness they're so much more sophisticated than I ever was at that age they know what they want they know where they're going. They have, thankfully, the privilege of having choice. Um, but they're so much more advanced in their thinking and their insights than I ever could have been. But they're exposed to much more. And what I see is even younger children, again, at the age of nine or 10, that have these incredible insights that are just like, whoa, you know, where does that come from? And it's quite inspiring, but it's like, where, goodness, what is ahead of us? Wow. You know, what sort of world have we got for the future? You know, with Harry, Harry's, um, our son's an engineer and, you know, he does a lot of work with, <clears throat> excuse me, augmented reality and technology and creating robots. And, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, where these kids are just, in, they're just exposed to so much more than I ever was. So, when I look back and look at my 18-year-old self, it's quite <laughs> it's such a contrast in one generation. It's quite unbelievable. It is, isn't it? And I think imagine what we'll be saying to Sophie when she's in her 50s about her 18-year-old self. It's just we seem to be growing so fast. Um, I love what you say about family being everything and that for most of us, ultimately, at the end of the day, doesn't matter how much money we have or how little money we have, most important gifts we actually can't pay for, and that is our health, love, and family. Mm. To you then, growing through raising children, a family, growing this business to over 500 people in your team, what's yours and Michael's secret to the success of your beautiful marriage? What's the aha in there? Mm. thing that uh, I think from the very, very beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, from the very, very beginning, to, to today, we've been together 32 years, I think, something like that. Um, from the very, very beginning to today, there's been one thing that has um, sustained us in our relationship and that is respect. You know, we respect each other and we respect each other's differences, individuality, character, Um. And we, with that respect and acknowledgement, I think we've been able to apply and enable and empower each other to um, fulfil, you know, the, the, 
the the things that we are um, fulfill the better the betterment of our differences, I suppose, together and as a collective working together. Um, you know, he's my life partner, my business partner, and it's just based on good old fashioned respect. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because you have such a beautiful connection, and I love seeing your pictures and. <laughs> And your stories, and I'm sure there's moments when quite possibly we we want to um, ignore and um, growl at each other, but that's also the beauty of a marriage. Have you had those moments where you actually wanted to? (laughs) And and how how do you get through those moments? Oh, my goodness, you wouldn't be alive if you didn't, would you? (laughs) You have something there to make up for. Um, Yeah, look. It's hysterical sometimes, the things you've got to end up laughing about. them. I mean, goodness me, Michael's made decisions sometimes and I <laughs> he has not been on my favourite fa- person's list and uh, we certainly have had. Normally it's just fast and furious and it's over and then we just moved on. But I would say my husband is one of the most patient people on the planet who probably does hold him in good stead. Um, and But, you know, it's just... Um, yeah, sure. We've <laughs> both thrown a tanty here or two, um, there, uh, here and there. But you sort of just get through it, don't you? Um, most of the time, we get on pretty good. <laughs> I think that's the power of um, things like the words that you said at the beginning: tenacity, resilience, focus, and determination. <laughs> and I think if we can carry the vulnerability, fragility, and even the uncertainty that you've talked about into our personal lives, then maybe that is also the winning formula, whether it's sport, art, business, whatever it is that we choose to put our energy into, they all actually mirror or can be creators of teachings for us all in all aspects of life. And so I want to ask you a little bit of a deeper question then. Would If if the world, if you were given an opportunity, would you rather have more time or more money? Oh, time, definitely. Yeah. You know, if you haven't got time, you haven't got the time to spend the money anyway. So what's the point? Just uh, <laughs> so, no, absolutely time without a doubt. Um, money is a useful commodity to have. Uh, it can help you to do things. It can it can certainly give you a certain lifestyle. It can also help. It can, it, it can give you the ability to help others as well. Um, so, you know, it's... It's not my main motivator, but certainly if you're profitable, you've got something to give. And from a point of view of reinvesting in a business, improving services uh, to the community, um, improving, you know, your workplace and workspace, um, you know, being able to sustain business in a competitive environment, so it's, you know, it, it is important to be profitable 100%. So you must always be, you know, sensible about that. Financially secure and viable, that is part of being a strong, uh, progressive business. And if you don't take that approach, you have, you, you, you really just um, not able to continue to reinvest and adapt and, Evolve, so it's a vital part of progress, and so it's important um, from that perspective. And then that can provide personal fulfilment. Um, 
in regards to being able to give back to others if that's what makes you happy or whatever. Um, but if it just came down to just a sense of self and just from a very personal perspective, I think every single person on the planet would choose time and health over money. Um, so maybe not, but I think most people would. I agree. You only have to read the book, The Five Regrets of the De- uh, of the Dying, to understand that the things that we actually worry about or think about or put energy in, perhaps, you know, emotion into are often the things on our deathbed that were not so important after all. I I feel like with who you are in our community and what you offer all business owners and particularly your beautiful team and networks such as the Sunshine Coast Businesswomen's Network is, I would call it the essence of Roz, the, the, the life force in you is such a reflection to all of us to remember to be the best that we can be so that we can be the best for others. And I guess in some sort of strange way, that's really talking about our legacy. And I'd just love to, as we come to a close on this podcast, you know, how would you love to be remembered? What is Roz or Roz and Michael's legacy that they would love to leave on this beautiful planet? I haven't actually thought about that. Um, but I guess I'd like to be remembered as somebody that could have fun, had a great sense of humour, um, loved a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, made people feel special, valued, um, understood, acknowledged, uh, respected, and yeah, just that's the impact I think I'd like to make. Michael, you know, he he's got he's he's a very um, sensitive and loyal human being. But his aspirations, you know, we're very different in a lot of ways, but we're very sane at the core. And um, I can't speak on what his personal aspirations or legacy might be, but he's doing a pretty good job of putting some buildings on the ground. So I'm sure they'll be standing there for a few more years. That might be his legacy. But, yeah, I guess a legacy of just creating a family business together and um, making a difference in our community. Well, that you do tenfold. I cannot thank you enough for probably the sleepless nights and the amount of challenge and perhaps pains and all of the things you've been through. I really love how open and vulnerable you are in sharing your journey and that it's not sugar-coated, it's reality, but you also show us and remind us that to get up and get on is one of the most powerful gifts, not only to ourselves but to the community. The ripple effect that that creates reminds each and every one of us to continually aspire to no matter what, just pick ourselves up, give ourselves the grace when going through a challenge, but remind ourselves that the best way, the only way, as you said at the beginning, the only choice really is to keep going. As we come to a close, I just want to thank you wholeheartedly for being with me on the show. I know your profound messages will have huge impact for our gorgeous listener. I'd love you to just finish with your final message, knowing that this is the self-love podcast, your final message, and also perhaps one more of your favorite quotes that you'd love to finish the show on. Yeah, um, thank you. My final message 
something that was powerful to me I read once and it's three simple words, resist the usual, you know, so step outside and be yourself, uh, to be, to embrace your own innovation and thought and who you are, the essence of you. And there's another beautiful um, quote, and I don't know who wrote it, some words that I read once which I thought were really powerful. Um, it says, and perhaps what made her beautiful was not her appearance or what she achieved, but in her love and in her courage and her, and her audacity to believe no matter the darkness around her. Light ran wild within her and that was the way she came alive and it showed up in everything. Oh, wow. I almost, I, I, it's so bizarre. Sometimes I don't know what will push my buttons or bring a little bit of a tear, but that is beautiful. And I just want the listener to know that I will certainly write that up for you in the show notes. Beautiful Ros White, thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for your love and your light. If people wanted to follow you or know which IGAs you owned, is there anywhere that or any place on socials that we can follow you or website? How can we find out more about you? Um, by all means, if people want to do that. By, um, I'm on LinkedIn and um, Insta and Facebook. Um, but our business is under is a um, all the Whites IGA, uh, just um, normal handle. Uh, white IGA and you'll find us there to hear part of our story so please come along we'd love to share our story with you and we welcome you in store please um please come and visit one of our white IGA stores we've got six supermarkets across the beautiful sunshine coast from Phrygian beach down the coast through to the, the Cloudra south so at Baringa and out in the beautiful hinterland at Malula and our brand new store at Forest Glen which is um only our newborn so, yeah, we'd love to welcome you in store. Please come and see us. Rosie, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You are one of my role models and inspirations, and I just cannot thank you enough for all the work and the impact that you have knowingly, but quite possibly unknowingly. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute delight to love you, to know you, and to share you. Thank you once again, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Goodness. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.